Hi, I'm Jack. And I'm Kevin. This is Good Company in the Car. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. She walks by, the men folks stand in rows. Sparkle Shirley, Sparkle. Can't even say it. Sparkle, sparkle Shirley. Shirley, Sparkle. And it's now, another episode. Where did you, uh, you, you're the one who used Shirley Temple's mother used to whisper that into her ear back when she was on. Uh, not she was a little kid. Yeah, she, yeah. Was, she was a stage performer. Star- sparkle, yeah, Sparkle okay. Shirley, and then she would push her. See the I don't, thing, I, I, I the don't, one that I, the one that I'm hearing, it's. It, I don't think they're making it's it's a uh, Liza Minnelli joke. Uh-huh. I got a sparkle or something, and that. So when you say that, I'm picturing Liza Minnelli. I got a sparkle. It's I got pa- a sparkle. It is that. That's the sparkle. Shirley yeah, is. Yeah. I know that. And I don't think Shirley Temple's mom was awful. She was a stage no, mom, no, right? No. She. I don't think there's bad stories about her as being a mom. Because at one point, when she was still a little kid, she gets bored and says, I want to go home, Mommy. You know, yeah. okay, let's go. I don't know from Shirley. I know who she is. I, I I said this before. It's controversial. I didn't think she was that cute. Oh, I thought she was cute. I thought she was very cute. Oh, her movies good are, ship. But her movies, wow. but think about it. She's a clever you kid. You know how hard it is to get adults to act properly. Yeah. So here's a little girl in diapers yeah. who can dance and sing and follow direction. Yeah, that's true. She danced yeah. with Mr. Bojangles. But she, I mean, yeah. there was at least 10 movies, if not more. I'm, I'm probably underdoing it. Yeah. And I remember growing up, they would show them on Sundays on yeah. the PBS channel. No, they did. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I would watch all of them. I've seen them all. So you're really like, it's funny. Do you know, uh, you know that very problematic Disney movie, Song of the South? Yes. You can't you can't find it for love nor money. I don't I you've said that before and I've been able to find it. Maybe not through a a company. Uh but I'm it's on it's, it's on, available. It's not the dark web, but it's just this side oh, of Oh, I'm so glad you brought up dark web. Uh what is what, that? What how do you uh, there's a book that I'm listening because you know I don't read anymore. There's a book I'm listening to, and they mention the dark webs a couple of times for how do you the, get onto how, it? Wh- wh- where I don't understand it. It's apparently if you have uh, I- IRL addresses or whatever, right. if you know how to use them, you can get into very dark. Like one of the one of the big. Uh, Commerce place would call the Jade Road. Yeah, and you could like endangered I, things and weapons and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah and, and and um, I even darker stuff than oh, that. Oh no, I think that's that's white slave. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like if or, or, or sex you, stuff. You want to coordinate like, yeah. a snuff film? Here's the guy you want to talk right. to. Creepy, creepy, creepy. How shit. does that exist? I don't know. The fact that I would love snuff to films are hopefully not. No one has ever been made. I, I hope they are purely a legend because the thought of that to me that people are capable of doing something like mm-hmm. oh you know Kevin fuck Auschwitz all right done snuff films are a thing <laughs> uh, you know what I mean I, I just realized how naive I am to think that well, yeah. somebody wouldn't do that that's dumb. dumb one of the authors uh, Jonathan Kellerman is an author I followed for years and years and years and he has a series of books about a you know a detectivey guy in in California and all of his books closely follow some sort of a big crime in the time. Yeah. And after that, and one of them is about the odd collections of films that are, cause for example, you know, Joan Crawford apparently did a, a porno movie before right. she was Joan Crawford, which yeah. was like 12 or 13 or something. Oh, like that. no, no. I didn't, oh yeah. She's a little girl. Oh little girl. shit. And there, it is apparently out there, out there, Yeah, you know, and too many people have brought it up and I've seen stills 
You know, so it does potentially exist. Ugh. Now, of course, I don't trust anything till I see it myself. Right. But so the idea of there being snuff films out there does not surprise me. Yeah. And I not guess. to mention, you don't even really like, you know, before they started putting all these leads, oh, uh, so like rules, not rules, but, you know, like when they wouldn't show stuff like that on TV. Think of how many times you've seen someone shot in the head on TV and it was real. Yeah. I can at least think of three that or four. very famous one in Saigon, the fall of Saigon, when the guy, the, the police chief shoots him in the head. I'm thinking of the guy, the police guy who, or the commissioner who. Hey, yeah, Bud, hey man, nice name? shot. You yeah. know that song, Hey Man, Nice Shot by that. The guy who played RoboCop. Okay. Robert, and he was also Robert on Roller, Robert Walker. Something no, like that. no, no, no. And, and he was also on the X-Files. He came in. Anyway, his younger brother had a band called like Fold or Fleet or whatever. They did the song called Hey Man, Nice Shot. Uh-huh. And it's all about that video That's interview. creepy. It's, it's fucked but up. But I mean, uh, John F. Kennedy, vid- the video, the yeah. Zabruder yeah, yeah. film. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I it's guess. out there. It is. Um, creepy shit, but I... I guess when I didn't mean to get on a side tangent <laughs> on the dark web, but well, it's it's gonna. Well, yeah, we're well, uh, actually well, this kind of this yeah. weirdly feeds into the yeah, theme. For this is a pretty dark one. I well, it's a dark. Yeah, it's a pretty dark. Well, one. we're gonna try to see one. if we can find the uh, humor in it because there were a couple of things that were, were funny, but but it was anyway. An it was twenty years was, ago. Yeah. Does it feel like twenty years ago to you? Good lord, no! It feels like it was five years ago at most, if, or it was fifty. I'm telling There's you, no though, my brain is so messed up. It, I swear to God, I still think like, I've only been here for a year or two. Yeah. I have a, I've got 30 plus years in. How does that happen? Yep. How? Well, it did. I'm here to tell you. Yeah. It did. But we are going to, and then for, for people who lived in the area, this Washington, is. Washington, D.C. metropolitan it, area. It's traumatic, but it's, uh, anyway, this is a, uh. It's Forensic Factor, which is Forensic Files' newer, younger, hipper, hotter sister. Forensic Factor. It's season four. Season four. Episode four. Episode four. And I think it came out earlier this year because it's... uh, it's, What was the title? uh, Sniper. Sniper. So if you live in D.C., the word, that word will resonate. If you lived in D.C. in 2002, whenever you hear the word sniper, it's always going to make you clench a little bit. Yeah, because it was was a very bizarre time. The opening of the episode, it's October 2nd, 2002. They start with a montage and I just want to say that I felt like I was in the Shakespeare Globe Theater as all of the events took place with the DC Sniper. They were all around me. Yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Were yeah. All around me. You li- yeah, you live in Maryland. I, 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 not only do I live in Maryland, I live on Rockville Pike. Right, right there. And and they they Terrifying. they were showing they were showing shots, and I was like, wait for the ball. That's right, you know, that's right there. Then my office. Then they showed the uh, the diner right by the the office. And oh. Then they showed, and it was just like wow, and 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 then then they showed stuff that wasn't even remotely related right, to it. Right, then they're right. down on the mall. Yeah, of course you got to show them all. But of course, if anybody's lived in an area where something incredibly tragic like this has happened, that's how you relate to it. You can't help but I was just there. Yeah, I just saw them. I just went in there. Yeah, you know. it starts hot and heavy. It was strange how once I realized what was going on. It was very personal for all of us. Yes, Anybody of within a 90-mile radius of this was right. like, am I next? But on October 2nd at 6.04, a man is shot at the Shopper's Food Warehouse in Silver Spring. And I know it, it's on it's off of Georgia Avenue. And a couple of hours earlier, it, this was at 6.04, 
there's a Michaels up that way, and I know it. Somebody had shot through the window, and it missed the cashier. And the cashier and the police at the time thought, oh, that was just somebody driving by. On Some a gun. random shooting. Yeah. But it's actually... Isn't that horrible? They checked the bullet later, and it and it was it was from the gun that Oof. we later learned. But at six oh four, a man. Well, it's James Martin, and he works at Noah, which is where I work. He worked. Oh, at, I did not know that. He worked at the Silver Spring campus. He shot uh, as he's coming out of the Shoppers Food Warehouse. He's trying to get into his car. He's shot. Passerby comes by, sees him on the ground, calls nine one one. I he worked at my campus in Oof. Silver Spring. If I didn't ever speak to him personally, I passed by him daily for right, years. Right, right, right. So James Martin, he looks like somebody I think I know him, but I can't say for sure that I know him. But it just gets weirder from here for me, listeners. But can we start? Now, this is the DC Sniper. DC this just sniper. started October 2nd, 2002, 20 years ago. Right. And I know you're going to come into the story here, but this is the next morning. And this is where it really not only it got it's weird that the yeah, guy me, was a no employee. Pause you. Let me pause you for people. Nothing like okay, DC of course has got its own issues with violence and crime and stuff like that. Oh yeah, like so someone getting shot in a parking lot thinking that they were robbed mm-hmm. isn't like it's, it's not, not a commonplace. But if you if you hear about it, you're like oh that's oh you yeah, know because it happens around here. This doesn't happen everywhere, you know. And of course, the world is completely different now. But at this particular you're time, right. This is the calm before the storm. Yeah, really. a guy got shot for whatever reason, drug deal gone wrong. But he's from Noah. Trust me. If he's a no, no analyst, I thought, I he thought, wasn't doing drugs. I thought he was a chubby white guy and he had grocery bags. He was a chubby white guy. Yeah, from Noah, yeah. And he's in the because I've and seen he just the pictures. Car, and down he goes, yeah. and then. So, chubby white guys are a dime a dozen at Noah. I'm here to tell you. <laughs> the next morning, I'm driving to work. I am, for once, I'm on time. I'm going down Rockville Pike. Uh, actually, I have to credit one of my supervisors at work being a little like, McMahon, you need to get in here. You say you're starting at 8. 8.15 isn't 8 a.m. And I was funny. like, and the guy was kind of a dick. I have no frame of reference for this. <laughs> None. <laughs> None. Why'd I blink? And um, so I was like, shit. And you know what? Actually, I'd been for the previous few weeks, I was feeling better about myself because I was getting up out of bed. I wasn't, you know, getting hammered the night before. I'd be like, I'll get there when I get there. So I was kind of on a schedule. So I got up. I'm heading down Rockville Pike. I had just moved to the condominium I have, which is almost all the way up to Rockville Town Center. And I'm on Rockville Pike. And it was probably quarter of eight, a little before. It was maybe quarter of eight. And there's a cop in front of me. And I'm passing the car dealership. I'm almost to White Flint, but Hyundai Fitzgerald's on my left. And there's a cop to my right. He suddenly cuts me off, throws on his lights, and he does a U-turn and pulls into the parking lot of Fitzgerald Hyundai. I'm like, oh, you know, whatever. It was enough for me to remember it, but I wouldn't have remembered it if nothing else had happened. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. It was sort of like in a moment. How you think of the day. If yeah. it wasn't attached later to anything, I never would have remembered it. So I'm, I meet Joe for lunch later that day at around noon. He, he brought a couple of people from Geico over and we were eating Thai food in Silver Spring. He's like, do you guys hear about the guy who's driving around Montgomery County shooting people? And I was like, what are you talking about? It's like, yeah, like four people got shot. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, Kevin, four people have been randomly it's shot right horrible. around. I'm like, here, he's like, yeah, Silver Spring, Rockville. And when these things happen, you you just don't. No. What yeah. are you talking? No. 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 What, what you talking about, Willis? No. And and I, I didn't realize. And I thought maybe it was just a random 
You know what I mean? Like an event. Like That's somebody right. lost their lost their shit. Let me. I'll, I'll go through what happened after my event. Then I'll talk about what I'd driven by. That was at seven forty. It was James Buchanan. He was a landscaper. He was known as Sonny, and he was mowing the lawn. It wasn't even the lawn. It's a strip of grass. I know where he was, right next to the car dealership. He was called Sonny, and I've watched three different documentaries on this, deciding which one we were going to cover tonight. Nobody got it right. He was not on a John Deere riding mower, uh, true crime alternative, whatever you guys were. He was not in a neighborhood where he was pushing a push mower. And there was the third one. Even this one we watched wasn't right. He was on the side of a, a, a parking lot next to the dealership. There was one of those isolated squares of grass to like in a median to divide where the other cars would be parked. He was over there with a push mower and he was oh, shot. Oh, see, I, yeah, I thought he was on a, I, cause I was right. super, everything I've seen is he, the, the, nah, he wasn't, he was super. doing a push mower. So this was part of the, this was part of the, this was part of the dealership, not like the state or anything. No, it was, was on like, the dealer. It was on oh, the grounds of the dealership, yeah, okay. Hyundai Fitzgerald, of which I've bought two vehicles from. But yeah, so I've, I've always watched that because as I drove past, I didn't realize that cop that pulled in was pulling in to the, he had just been shot. And I was like, I just drove past the guy on the, I just drove past Sonny on the ground. Yeah. yeah. That's fucked up. So then Joe later at, at, at literally he was maybe 50 yards as I drove by the cop was responding. So that's going on. I didn't realize till later. I'm like, shit, that happens at 8, 12 AM. Not even what a half hour later, Prem Kumar is at the mobile station in Aspen Hill on Connecticut Avenue. Uh, it's a gas station I've gassed up at that yeah. you've driven by. I know Aspen Hill, which for uh, uh, information purposes would be north of Rockville. It's north of Rockville, and all of this is north of D.C. All of this is Montgomery County, which is the big suburb, the big county. North of the District of Columbia. Right. So if you're looking at the at D.C., it's a clock. You're looking at like 11, 12 o'clock. Yes. That area. Perfect. And he is at the gas station. He gets shot. A, a woman, she's a doctor. She's in the, the car next to him. She's just looking at him as she's getting out of her car. She just sees him go down. He says, help me. She can't resuscitate him. Less than half an hour later, Sarah Ramos is a 34-year-old babysitter and housekeeper. She shot at Leisure World, which is where I go golfing with all of my geriatric friends. Then we give it, what, an hour and 20 minutes at not even 10 a.m., 25-year-old Lori Ann Lewis Rivera was killed. She's cleaning out her minivan at Connecticut and Knowles. And I've been to that. I've gassed up there. So all of this is taking place. Joe, and this now, is all the top part. It's the top part of the clock. And they're all the clock. The, they are literally, these locations are within two miles of each other, three miles. Very and, random. Though. So about an hour later, I'm meeting Joe for lunch and he's like, have you heard about, because WTOP plays a big role in this. Oh. Yes. So I said, no. And, and we were like, well, you know, it's weird. It's DC. That'll be it. Right. So at this point, the cops are like, every theory is on the book. It's uh, it's a terrorist who's going to be taken down. It's a psychopath. Um, because literally, nobody knows anything. Yeah. So, no, at this point, it's all up in the air. We have no knows idea it's going to turn all, into this. Everybody's just, it's what's their idea. It's what they think it is. I their remember theory. being super weirded out with Joe, and he's like, yeah, driving around. But I was like, that's it, right? There were four people killed. That's going to be the end of it. And they're going to gun him down at a 7-Eleven any minute. And 
We get Steve Eldridge. He, you know, Steve Eldridge from WTOP. You know Vaguely. him. Yeah, I, I, his voice sounded incredibly familiar, but of course I didn't. And he's that. still on WTOP. Him and Charles Moose, who is the, the former, um, he's the former, but he at the time he was the chief of police in Montgomery County. Right. And they're explaining why this is so confusing. But it's really people doing everyday kinds of things. Guy picking up groceries, guy cutting grass at a car dealership, a guy pumping gas in his taxi cab. When you started to make a list of the people that were dead, there was nothing that tied them together. Not their race, not their age, not their their gender. They have no idea what's going they have on. No idea. It's making no it's making no sense. And they didn't find any clues at the crime scene. There were no gun casings, there were uh, shell casings, there were no footprints, there were no eyewitnesses. These people were just, suddenly they, they fell down, they walked over, they're bleeding, and they're like, you've been shot. And they've apparently been shot from a distance. And of course, this is one thing that, that is brought up. No, everyone is assuming that this these are gunshots like somebody jumped out of a car and shot them and, and left, or somebody came around. And, uh, nobody had ever had anything happen like this before. So Super everybody weird. assumed that it was not face-to-face, like, -face, but, but robbery. Yeah, like, you like, know, somebody yeah, walked those type of situations. Them. And nothing, people, four people have just fallen down dead from traumatic, what we will learn, are high-powered rifle bullets. And um, they recovered bullets from all four of the victims and ballistics links them all. And that's part of the thing they said uh, there were no shell casings. Mm -hmm. So that was confusing them because if you think in terms of, because I'm a twisted soul, you think in terms of an assassin, assassin always picks up their shell casings. Right. They never leave their shell casings behind. So, so they if, did. So at first, it's, it was thought, this is a professional, these are some semi-professional. And it kind of was. But I want to say this, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms I always loved that. And I forget yeah, there was like a Beavis yeah, and Buff, but, yeah, yeah. but I was somebody like, what a great place to work. At some point, they added explode. Do you, do you know this? At some point, they added explosives. It's the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. Oh, no, I did not know now, that. Now, if it wasn't going to be fun to work there before, because that sounds like four of my favorite things, right? Not of course, tobacco. a combo, a combo. Not yeah. tobacco. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's just funny. It's funny, right? Yes. This is Walter Dandridge Jr. and Timothy Curtis. We weigh the bullets, measure the diameter of the base of the bullet. This is to help us determine the caliber of the bullet itself. The random microscopic imperfections in the barrel will transfer to the bullet and repeat themselves from one shot to the next, much like that of your fingerprint. And once we determine the caliber, the number of lands and grooves, their measurements, we're able to uh, check database to see the possible manufacturers of firearms that that bullet may have been fired from. So yeah, so the shells are like a fingerprint. When a bullet goes through a, a, a rifled barrel, it gets up a groove, serrated. and it's a, it's a fingerprint. I thought it was called serrated uh, or gyrated. No, 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 rifled, it, rifled, because it, it rifled. It I thought that it. Was, I thought it was a rated word. I could be wrong. I'm not. It's, it's okay, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So now cops from jurisdictions near and far are descending on. I remember this. Cops were coming from everywhere. You ever see when there is, and I've been involved with them when there's a fender bender or a, a, like my mom when she broke her leg or whatever, like. 37 people respond right? because it's a slow news day. And they're like, well, we'll go and check it out. I remember somebody passed out at the Elks. 
I called 911 because I thought she was in mortal danger. And we had a ladder truck. We had three ambulances. <laughs> and we had four, Um, yeah, what, what was emergency? What were those guys? The Paramedics? EMTs. Wait, the, yeah. the parking lot was full. And I said, I just called in and said a lady of a certain age passed out. And it, like half of Montgomery County mobilized. That, but and it's hilarious because it's not it's not that they're everybody wants to be useful everybody wants and they to be want helpful some action. right yeah yeah and if it's a slow news day you know let's go what the hell what, what's the worst that can happen so here we have Chief Moose again he is again the uh, chief of the Montgomery County Police Department based in Rockville and my adopted hometown and he has some disturbing information from the FBI we get the briefing that Al Qaeda has been trained to shoot Congress people in the Washington, D.C. area. And then the caveat, if not Congress people, then best available targets. I mean, keep in mind, this is very much in the shadow of 9-11. And if it was terrorists doing it for terrorist purposes, then I'm not sure we would know what that would look like. So, yeah, this is when... They were like, Al-Qaeda might be trying to take they out... They thought terrorists. Yeah, yeah, if they can't be taking out, like, senators and congressmen... They're just going to start just, taking people out. And, and just terrorize the populace. And you were like, shit, I, I work for a um, place that's important. I could... But everybody in the Washington, D.C. area is connected to the government somehow. Everybody. Yeah. So everybody's like... Well, I could be a potential victim. They they might follow me home. We don't know because there was no, nobody had any clue. Right. And this was just over a year after 9-11. So everybody's super we're high paranoid. We're waiting for another shoe to drop, right? Because we're everybody is still, the thunderclap of 9-11 is still resonating in our ears. And we're like, what's the next fucked up thing they're gonna do? And, there's and this no, is no And there's no rhyme or reason. I, so, thought, that, I thought it was, I thought it was terrorists. At the time, I remember I, after that I'm first day, sure I, did I was too. like, "It's terrorists." Yeah, I was. And yeah. what? What? What's the next thing that's going to happen? I was absolutely positive. And I remember at work them being like, "Be careful," you know, like all of our thing, you know, "Be careful, watch your, be very aware of your surroundings," all this kind of stuff. And it's like, there's nothing anybody can do. No, but I, I remember this day. I do remember this day like it was yesterday. After I had lunch with Joe and all that, I got back to the house and they were like, oh, the first victim was the night before from Noah. And I was like, do I know him? And they were like, then the second one was at Fit Hyundai Fitzgerald. I'm like, that was Shit. the cop cutting me off. Really? And then they had two more victims. I'm like, this is terrorism. This is absolutely what it is. And it's going to be, and then it's going to be all over the country. They're, this is just their warm up. You know what I mean? It was, it, it, that was one of the theories that was on the news is that this is going to be the start of something that's going to be happening everywhere. And all the time. And there's no way to stop it. So they get their first break. And while it's a break, it leads to some of the most disruptive and ultimately worthless work the cops do. But they can't help. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They, they, they can't, can't help. It. The cops can't help they it. They can't. Because they're only working on, in, they're working on the information that, that they that they're getting think from is valid. This is Nancy Demi. She works as a Montgomery County cop. There was a landscaper nearby, and he actually heard the shot. So the guy says he saw a white van with two white men leaving the scene. Do you know what is the most common thing oh in Montgomery God. County? Well, no, it's the whole area. The whole country. White work vans. White work vans with two white guys in it, maybe two Hispanic guys. Anybody in it. White vans white, are everywhere. You, I, 
right now from my house, there's usually one parked semi across the street. Yeah. There, there's white vans they, everywhere. They are here. everywhere. And I remember then they the media, WTOP and everybody showed what they think the white van looked like. And it's just a white van. It's just a white van. And they're like, it could kind of look like this. Or it could kind of look like it's this. A, it's a white van. Every it's, white van. It's, that it's, there white, is. it's a white like, van. We get it. So fortunately, the poor police are basically looking for white vans. So if you had a white van, a white cargo van, like a yes. like a white cargo type van, a work van, the yeah. kind that put this crap on the top and yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. windows not, yeah, on not, the not side. Not a family van with windows. Right. Exactly. Right. So anybody who had a white van, there was they were almost kind of pulling everybody over, anybody they could find, yeah. just to check them. It was chaos. Moose is trying to keep the media informed, but other than this Hail Mary white van tip, they got nothing. The worst thing about the case was that all of the victims were chosen at random. So consequently, everyone in the community felt like a potential target. And that, that's what really scared the hell out of people. This is when we all started feeling like I could be we, next. And, 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 and this you, is when we're, we're all prey, right? My and, mom was terrible. When are you going to come home? Are you coming home? Are you going to be coming home? I Before we started this, I was like, what was I doing? What, where was I? Because it's such a specific time frame. So I was went, I went and tried to find journals. And I'm like... And I even have in there where I went to West Virginia. Yeah. So I Did remember, you really during yeah, this? Well, but it wasn't because of it. I just happened to be oh, going okay. to West Virginia. I know people were leaving town. I had friends who left town. But but everything closed. People, yeah. I mean, things were closed. Yeah. And if you were open, it kind of made you a, a potential victim, one. Yeah. And two, nobody was leaving their houses. No, no, no. And and um, I again, everything was had happened around. I'm like, I know that place. I know that place. I know this. I know that. While I was freaked out, I was like, I, I, so the rest of the day was quiet. And I remember being on pins and needles, just waiting for yet another, because it had been right, every half right, hour. Right, 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 So the evening came around and I was breathing a sigh of relief. We're done for the day. Because they would come, usually they would come in a little group. Oh, it's just boom, boom, be boom, a, boom, a group boom. of some right but together. But no, and at then 9, be- 20 PM, Pascal Charlotte, 72 year old retired carpenter. He's right down the street from my office. He's crossing from, he's just over the district line. He's at Calmia Road and Georgia Avenue. And if I had a good throwing arm from my office, if I had a golf ball that could catch the uh, drive, yep. I could have I reached him. I could see where he was shot from the office. So again, I'm like, fuck. It's, it's around you. It's all around you. Yeah. And he's dead. And they, they got to him, but he was dead. And so now the next day, October 4th, the horror continues. Um, I woke up thinking, well, if maybe, maybe nothing, but at 2.30 in the parking lot at the Michaels store at Spotsylvania Mall down in Fredericksburg. Okay, Do you remember for, that? For, so it's about an hour south of DC. So it's still technically the metropolitan area, but it's so far out. It's it's even it's, it's, it's w- just, well away from where his it's victims well were. Well away from everything. We were all hoping he's like he's moving he's away. He's moving away. He's yep, leaving yep, yep. the area. Richmond, you're next. Just anything. Keep going. So Carolyn Sewell. She shot at 2.30 p.m. She survives. And I remember, I know where that Michaels is. So now we get the task force, and it's made up of all the heavy hitters. So now we get the task force. April Carroll is a special agent with a super fun-sounding Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. She explains how many people are in this task force. We had, I think, 60 law enforcement agencies involved um, from all over Virginia, Washington, D.C., Maryland, 
So it's over 60, 60 agencies. agencies. Can you imagine so dealing with all those male every, egos? Oh my God, no. Every federal law enforcement agent in almost, well, every county in a lot of the cities. I mean, it was just- Can every, you imagine? No. Everybody's, I'm a big deal here. I'm a big deal here. 60 agencies. Really? And there was a lot of dysfunction to come. So we now learn that a call tip center has been started along with a $50,000 reward for information, which seems trifling to me. To, with the kind of urgency- do you think $50,000 is the sort of thing you would want to dangle? Well, they're, they're, they're trying so desperately for any information. But so anybody's going to call with any kind of information because they feel if I give them the right clue, I'm going to get some money. But 50. People are horrible. But People 50. Horrible. 50. No, make it 500. 500,000 right off the back. Make it huge. Make it so big that people are just making shit up. And then when they when you find out they're like anybody who's like my cousin is obsessed with we find out the guy eventually we were dangling a million dollars in front of him. I think you would have come forward a little earlier. That's just me. But I think when it's only fifty thousand dollars, a lot of people are like, I'm just gonna wait and see how this plays out. Oh, you know I'm I, mean? not, I am not getting I don't get where you're doing this at all. They 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 establish the task force. They offer a fifty thousand dollar fifty thousand dollars. I don't think that's a very big reward for the magnitude of shit that's going on they're going to give fifty thousand dollars i just think that's really small you don't i don't i'm not that's just an incentive to get people to call Uh, but i think for somebody to rat him out who might know who this is if their life's in danger your point is they should have offered a lot more money to get people to pay attention and report things. That, yeah, that doesn't sound urgent to me. $50,000. Okay, I'm following with, you with now. What's going on? It's okay, Montgomery okay. County. Okay. Four people, five people have been killed. But you know that these these call lines are just flooded yeah, with calls. Yeah, we learned just how flooded they and are not a little o- later. Not only are they flooded, it's people. There's a whole there's a whole segment of the population that wants to insert themselves and into the involved. narrative. Yeah, and that's, so they're going to call no and matter say, what. you know, my neighbor, you know, yep. blah blah blah. Yeah, that woman that lives next door. You know, these people are going to do this kind of stuff. But I think anybody who had real it. information, if it's like he might kill me if I rat him out. But for two hundred fifty thousand dollars, I'll take my chances. That's my feeling. Oh, okay. You know I, mean? I, okay I thought it I wasn't see. somebody who's a little close to him. Like I'm not going to rat him out for fifty thousand. He'll kill me for two hundred fifty thousand. I can rat him out. I wasn't even and looking I'll, at I'll it. I'll be that in Jamaica. I was just or I'll be in England. Of like or I'll be in New Zealand by the by the afternoon. Yeah, I was just thinking of it in terms of it's a tip line. So you no, know, they're get, just enticing people to call the guy who's right next to him. It's like I'll sell him out for half a million, and he won't know. I'll be gone. I'll be like one of those little clouds of smoke that's when Bugs Bunny leaves, you know? So the kids at the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives have now identified what kind of weapon is firing the bullets. They're dealing with a 22 class rifle. That's some sort of gunny term. But they're using a military M16 or its civilian counterpart, the AR-50. I thought at first it was AR-15. It's the AR-50. Well, the only difference between the AR, the, the two is one's automatic and one's semi-automatic. Semi-automatic. That's yeah. t- my understanding. I could be wrong. Uh-huh. That is my understanding between the two. They're both. And they're both high powered, which means people, you can effectively kill someone from at least half a mile. These guys weren't Oof. that far away. Isn't that, that is absolutely terrifying. I mean, with precision, you know, you can kill people for a mile if you're lucky, but with precision from almost half a mile, these weapons will take you out. These guys were several hundred yards away. It was and so this is this is shots. and this is a bucket of cold water over the the city uh-huh. because they're like, 
Oh shit. shit! It's not someone walking up and shooting us. Nope. It's we not don't a rifle. know where the shooter is. We don't know where the shooter is. This hiding. is this is some crazy like Vietnam jungle shit. They're like he could be anywhere. That's going to make it so hard. And they're also looking for the goddamn white van. So Moose holds another press conference. He shows everyone the gun and asks the public to keep an eye out. This is when the call-in center is inundated. Oh. So the general public, the general public. That's one of my own pet peeves. It's the public. The public is always general. There's okay. no such thing as a general public. It's like private property. All yeah. property's private. All property is private. The term private property irks the it, shit out of me. That's it's my property. Prob- that's, that's my mine. private property. Yeah, yeah. General public, I have to weed that out when I'm at uh, work. The general public, although I do like the band General Public, Tenderness. <laughs> Remember we were talking about the English beat and you were like, didn't they? And I was like, no, that was Fine Young Cannibals was two of the guys from the English beat. And then... General public was the other guy. It went, right. They, when they broke apart, they became right. the English beat and uh, no, no, they became fine young cannibals and general public. Right. And she drives me crazy. That was fine young cannibals. And then tenderness. Tenderness is general public. General public. Yes. So we're back to murder. So the general public is now the <laughs> general public. I did it again. The public is going nuts. The depravity of the sniper is now laid bare. The sniper has now shot a child. It was a kid going to school, an even more innocent victim, which just sort of ratcheted this whole thing up. It seemed to be a direct message that um, we couldn't keep the kids okay. In the face of the cops' reassurances that the schools are safe, we have police officers at all of the schools. Your children are safe. Don't worry. On October 7th, I remember this. I remember when WTOP broke this like it was yesterday. 8.09 a.m., Iran Brown, he's a 13-year-old student. He was shot in the chest at Benjamin Tasker Middle School in Bowie, Maryland. And I remember it. Oof. I remember it. I remember that it. Is so Everybody terrifying. was like, oh, he's shooting kids now. That's There's, when nobody can, the police can't keep a safe nobody can keep nobody and that's when the hysteria was was it at, went through at an roof. eight it was at 10 and there was nobody on the street no nobody there was traffic there was there was still vehicular traffic on the highway but everybody was scared about that too because well if he's a freaking sniper yeah yeah i mean it wasn't a ghost town people were still going out a lot of people were like going out i you know shoot me i you know well but, i but was it's because when we were sort of talking about this it was kind of a dark time for me and i remember being i remember at work like come and get me <laughs> like i'm just you. like I, I, I said i've got so much insurance if i drop dead somebody's gonna have a big party just just take me out now lord it there was were, really bad when that sniper in um las vegas at the jason aldean concert a couple years ago he crashed out the window at mandalay bay right. and he was shooting into the crowd and everybody's like well those rednecks deserve it but video cell phone video you see people in the audience doing this and standing up as people are getting shot oh giving the i did not know that oh, yeah there's drunk rednecks giving see, the finger to got, the the world is so bizarre now yeah. you know you just it's fireworks it's fireworks stop it's fireworks it's just they were like, hey, and I'm bringing, take up me out, the Zabru- I'm bringing up the Zabruder film again, the, Ken- yeah. the Kennedy film. When those shots were fired, if you look, everybody falls to the ground. Yeah, everybody. Mm-hmm. So can you imagine the, the how much has changed in the mindset of the average populace? Yeah, where 
you know that there's someone up there taking people out and you're standing up and you're flipping up, flipping yeah. them off. Like a, yeah, it's the Jason Aldean Oof. concert. Yeah. Mo- a lot of people were running, but there were more than a few people just right. doing this. But like I- this is when they find the really famous tarot card right. in the woods, which was the f- yes. It's the first it's the uh, first communication from the sniper and it just says call me god. And it was the death card. Right. And it was wasn't it tacked to a tree? It was. And this is also when they they the, one of the reasons they found it is because they found the case, the they shell found some casing, bullet casings, the shell case, and then they found the tarot card. So now we get the profiler's opinion about who this sniper might be. The expert's perspective was white males do serial killings that. The person was going to be 25 to 30 and not have a girlfriend and be in the military. Okay, again, in 2002, there were still a lot of stereotypes in profiling that have been since proved wrong. They were like, well, it's going to be a white male. He's going to have been divorced. He's going to be this. So cops were looking for a white guy. They were looking for a 30-something and blah, 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 blah. And And and, they're reading this stuff out on the news. Right, and it's blinders. So now there's bias into who's doing this, and it doesn't work well. The shootings continue. It's now October 9th, 818, 53-year-old civil engineer Dean Harold Myers was shot dead at a Sunoco in Prince William County in Manassas, and Manassas is west of town. And that is right? like, that's like, that is a good 30-minute drive away, for, from, away from the city. Right. Again, you know, hopes maybe he's heading away, you I mean, know? <laughs> yeah, they, people did. But, Charlottesville, you're next. And everybody, it, it was it was like, it was, everybody was talking about it. It was on everybody's tongue. Oh, you made it, oh, good. You know, that you, you made it home. You, yeah. Let me know when you get home. Yeah. Do you oh, know anybody? Yeah. No, I yeah. don't know anybody. Do you know anybody who's been hit? When Dean Harold Myers was shot, they showed the reenactment, and I know it was based on the actual crime scene photos. He's just collapsed next to his car. He's still holding onto the gas pump. He just right. he was hit so right, hard. Right, 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 It's terrifying. His hand is still holding the gas pump into his tank. It's like he just kind of. But had I mean, a- that type of uh, I don't injury. I don't. The, there's got to be a better word for be, the the shoot the the shot that uh-huh. hit you. But that type of inner that. That type of injury just it decimates and using, you know it decimates the, the, the bullets are hollow oh they're the, hollow yeah. point so that so when so they those hit even, you yeah, they, they shatter. shatter there is a core there's a base root part of the bullet which they can do that's how they did these striations but most of the bullet disintegrates into shrapnel for lack of a better word and goes into your body and destroys organs and, and causes and, catastrophic and i am sure well in this day and age i'm sure a lot of people know more about this than they did but the average person doesn't know this stuff. Yeah, it's gruesome. The uh, reward money is now up to 200000 which I feel it should have been at the start. Well, but this, I don't think that that's uncommon. I don't think that that's uncommon. This was a very uncommon situation, well, yeah, in my opinion. Well, I'm talking about in terms of reward money, because they're like, well, if 50000 didn't work... You know, maybe no, this no. will. So I understand your what your 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 argument was at the beginning. Like that, I felt there was like but, no, but it's just no like, urgency. The same way there's no yeah. urgency to get the heat on back at my condo in right, Rockville. Exactly. Day number three. I ask you. Oh, good lord! <laughs> and now at this point, because everybody knows it is a sniper. Mm-hmm. Gas stations are starting to hang big blue tarps, tarps yep. over the fronts of the whatever the, the structures are that are over the pumps so that you can you hide ha- behind and them. And you know, the horrible part, this is, this is kind of like a, uh, it's a band aid because you know, 
that blue tarp is not going to save you. It's not going to stop bullets. But it but you gives you enough target. of a security blanket for you to get out of your car yeah. and stand at the pump and pump your gas. Because people were squatting by their cars and everything. I, I would put the, I would get out, squat. This is ridiculous. I'd get out, kind of keep my head down. I'd put the pump into the tank and then I'd go back into my car. I had the seat reclined and I would recline in my oh, seat. Yeah, yeah. Then a bunch of gas stations are like, we'll pump your gas for you. Because there's always somebody who's willing to do it. Did yeah, you see yeah. that? Did you see? I don't those? remember that. I'm sure. I'm. I just. I don't remember. I remember that. on Rockville yeah. Pike because we were kind of ground zero up there. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. everybody had been shot up there, so we were like, it's going to be up, up in that area. Right. And uh, but I remember goose stepping, going to the gas, you know, and like kind of a I'm a moving right, target. Right. Did right. Did you do that at all? Well, I. I I was I took some care and some concern, but I'm telling you that was kind of a. It was I love a, the fact that you were like, "Come get me." I did. You're, you're I, my just hero. I just stood there. I just stood there. I'm like, "Come and get me." I'm <laughs> I'm tired. I'm like, you know, just take me out now. So many people were like, "Fuck it," you well, know, because and I, I didn't because you're thinking again. It's not it's not something that you can physically see. You would literally literally my big fat ass standing there by my car. Folk down. That's what it That's was happening. It. That's, That's what it. was happening. And I have to say, in my defense, I did not let it ruin my life. Oh, I went out but, and did stuff. But it, when I was at gas stations, but it was terrifying. That seemed, it was terrifying. But gas stations seemed to be where he was taking people out. So when I was getting gas, I was a little hinky. But when I was at the grocery store or whatever, I went around. I was a little aware. And I know everybody right. was giving each other this look, you know, like. Uh, kind of like when COVID started. It was right. Like, you okay? but, it, but it was still that, you know, there was so much unknown. There was still so much unknown. Yeah. The only thing that we knew now was it was a high powered long distance rifle. We didn't know. Right. It was one, two, three people. At this point, they've identified, arrested, and released several people on, you know, it's got to be him. It's not him. It's him. It's not him. The Pentagon has jumped in and they're using satellite imagery. And even President Bush, George H. Bush, Right? He was H. W. Herbert? W. W. Walker Bush chimed in. Yeah, the sniper attacks. Uh, first of all, I'm just sick, sick to my stomach uh, to think that there is a cold-blooded killer at home taking innocent life. So the relationship between the media and the cops, and I feel when they say media, it's mostly WTOP. But probably the but it post. was all media because whenever they had a con, uh, 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 yeah. what did you call it when you talk in the microphone? Uh, press a, conference. Press conference. Thank you. It's so they, they were there was hundreds of people there. Yeah, it's not good and understandably. We were essentially angry at the pace of the investigation. We were angry that we were not being told very much. It made it very difficult to conduct an investigation ongoing while the media is conducting one simultaneously. Leaks become pervasive. We had to tell them that if they were caught following the investigators, they were going to be arrested. So they're having so much trouble with the press leaking their leads. This is one of those things. That information potentially helping the killers avoid the cops. They're like, if we catch you following us, we're going to arrest you, WTOP. It, and it's so, yeah. the, the horrible part about that is 
people were so desperate for any kind of news that, you know, if, if they'd have said, you know, don't wear a polka dotted shirt, then, or only wear a polka dot, people would have worn polka dotted shirts. There was a, it was that, that mass mm -hmm. frenzy, that mass hysteria of nobody knows what to do. We're not getting any information because they didn't have any information. Yeah, they didn't. They and were basically telling us everything they didn't know. And, and a big part of doing, being a cop is we've got some information. The killer doesn't know we have it. The media's like, oh, by the way, the cops know that you're driving a red car and that you're, you're, you're. Well, that you know. is, that, I think that's an ongoing thing with any, in this particular situation, it's, it's very amplified, but that's, I'm, uh, reporters want to break a story. They man. do. They want to break it, a story. For better or for worse, it kind of comes back. They redeem themselves. Anyway, so two days after Dean was killed in Manassas on the morning of October 11th, two days later at 9.30 in the morning, I remember waking up to these like falling on a bruise and it's like, We've got another one. It was 53-year-old Kenneth Bridges. He was shot down in Spotsylvania County, down in Fredericksburg. And then, of course, everybody's like, now he's traveling all the way back down to where he was yep. before. And he's already done two in Fredericksburg. He's done the one in Manassas. He got a woman. I, I, we haven't gotten to her yet. And all of these shootings, someone has seen a white van nearby. But God but damn it, they're everywhere. We went, yeah, we are. We literally... They are everywhere. I remember the white van thing. I remember the first couple of ones after the first four, there was another one in my area. I couldn't leave my house because the cops shut down Rockville Pike. Oh, well, <laughs> your particular, your neighborhood is one way in, one way out. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And I just moved there like six months before all this started. Like, I had to call into the office. I had to call into the office like three times and be like, I can't get in. There's been another shooting. And I can't get out. I can't get out. I can't of get my, out. Yeah. I can't get out. I've, I've been in traffic. I'm uh, and Rockville Pike is just a nightmare anyway. And this is this was ground zero. So three more days go by, and this was it was weird because you were nothing happened. It would go quiet, and then everybody would have this. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. Yeah. And now, whenever there is a shooting, all traffic within miles of what has happened is locked down, and anything resembling a white van is searched. On October 14th at 9.15 p.m., this is three days later, an FBI intelligence analyst who lived in Arlington, she's shot dead at the Home Depot in Fairfax County in Falls Church. And the reason that this one, this is this is what happens when these things happen. I was just there. I just saw him. Mm -hmm. He was fine yesterday. Yeah. I was at that Home Depot that day. Wow. Wow, really? That day. I, I remember her for some reason because I think I was in the it's over mode. And then they then that also fed into, because this was an FBI employee who, an intelligence analyst, so then they're like, this is what it's all about. They're hoping to get these people, intelligence the people that are community. working in the community, yes, in the, in the law enforcement. This is when we get the reenactment, forensic facts, what is it called? Anyway, they of, of people doing duck walks and everybody like, right. you know. But people were doing I, it. I remember seeing that, don't you? It was weird and, and people yeah. are at the gas pump and they're just moving their the heads. One, the, well, the one I remember is, uh, this was, credit cards are prevalent, obviously, but still people paid with cash and stuff and they would run, they would hunch over uh -huh. or pour their coat pull their coats up over their head yep. and run in. I was I I wasn't that bad, but I was I was a little I got back in my car and had my seat back and I remember just watching people around me doing that. And then then the it's odd guy fear. the odd guy just like not doing anything. I'm like, I gotta calm down. The chances of me getting hit. But it's not even it's not it's even not a matter it's not even a matter of chances. It's not well I have the chances are 
there has to come a point where you're just like, well, come get me. It, yeah. You know, it's, it, and I'm not trying to be cavalier about I mean, it. You're like, it, I'm worth more dead than alive. That was my, at that time, that was my mindset. If I drop dead, uh, my family will sell my shit and they will have so much fucking money. Yeah. They won't know what to do with, uh, you know, at this point, the tip line is overwhelmed and they're also getting emails. The cops are desperate to actually communicate with the killer or killers. And little did they know the killer slash killers was trying to reach them. They can't get through. Apparently, the sniper or snipers had tried calling the cop tip line, but they couldn't get through. But on October 17th, Derek Belales takes one last call. He's been on shift all day. That phone call was unlike anything I'd ever had before. It was a very firm voice, a male voice that was very insistent. This is where the sniper not only makes his first contact, but, yeah. but he kind of makes his first wrong move. But I don't understand. He wanted acknowledgement. He wanted Well, he credit? wanted to prove he's the real deal. Mm. So he sets in motion his undoing. He's like, check into this uh, murder in Alabama. And, you know, and, and, and they don't, it's an unsolved murder in Alabama that no one would know about. So he's like, mm. I've got information on a, a shooting in Alabama. So you're going to know I'm the real deal. This I would, kill people. I okay. So in his, in, in the, in the, of course, this is all, this is all theorized by me because mm -hmm. I have no idea what's going on in the real world. But this, this sniper wanted to, I'm for real. You better take me seriously. Yeah. Look at this. Yeah. And literally, he's like, here's more evidence to help catch me. I, yeah, I don't a, understand that was the, the mindset. Thing. He didn't think it through. He didn't realize that. Well, we all know who it is. It's it's Mohammed and Malvo. But, but, Malvo, but at the after, time, we at, didn't know that. Didn't know that. But Malvo didn't realize he dropped that magazine, that there was a, a, a fingerprint in it. And that's the undoing. So he's saying, like, you think I'm not real? Check it. Call down to Alabama. There is an Can unsolved murder. This? A murder. Literally telling them how to catch me. He didn't, but he, but he he's doing that. He's not realizing that. Yeah. And that's the best part. Four days after Linda shot at the Home Depot that you were just at, it's October 19th, 8 p.m. Here we go. 37-year-old Jeffrey Hopper, he shot outside the Ponderosa in Ashland, Virginia. And Ashland is... is all the way to, almost to Richmond. Really? Right? It's, yeah. it's, it's not anywhere near D.C. The ATF went out into the woods and did a once-over and actually found uh, uh, shell casing. And nearby, something more compelling. A second communication from the sniper. It's immediately rushed to the lab. And so whatever's in that bag, in that note, is going to be critical to our forensics, to our science. So the handling of that whole thing is done very professionally, done very methodically. But that all takes time. So he miraculously survives his injuries. I thought but it, that was a chest injury, too, I believe. It was bad. Authorities discover a four-page letter from the shooter in the woods that demands $10 million and made a threat to children. The note begins, I, I won't do the whole note, but for you, Mr. Police, again, call me God, oh. which he's got a narcissist complex. We have tried to contact you to start negotiation, but the incompetence of your forces in Montgomery Police Officer Derek, Rockville Police, Rockville Police Department female officer, and he goes on to name everybody. They've been trying desperately to get, get in touch. Because when the, this is for explanation for the, for you guys, when the sniper would call, he was dismissed as a crank call. Crank call? Or he couldn't get through, he'd get a busy signal. Oof. So Oof. he's speaking, he's saying we. So now the authorities know 
it's more than one guy. And, and they were speculating about that for a long time. And every little bit of information with these with these profilers, that is it's one of the most incredible things. Every little piece of information gets pulled in and it gets added to this pool of clues, so to speak. It's, um, a- a- everything has a clue, right? So here's Moose uh, and Lenny again. They asked for $10 million and asked us to deliver it over a... Uh, credit card that they could use at the ATMs to do withdrawals. We were scratching our heads with that one. Uh, here we've got uh, some sniper out there shooting people. Is it all for money? It didn't, it didn't quite make sense uh, what their, their MO was at that point. They wanted a $10 million credit card. Um, I, and, was it not going to be traced? I don't. And, it's 2002. And then That's we're going to find out. We're going to find out. So I'm sorry. These guys were in the military. Yeah. Well, the one guy was. Well, the, the, the older one yeah. was in the military. Hey, he had, he couldn't. How could, this is one of those. It, it's how did, any, it, yeah, how, how naive you were not, you? How do you, what is your thought process? So this is one of the biggest, like, what the actual fuck. In the four-page letter, right, that he's left, at one point he says, this phone number to the payphone across the street from the Ponderosa. I will be calling there two hours from, I'll be calling there at 7 a.m. later today, right? They don't notice it in the note. I don't understand how this happens. There's so much going on. So anyway, I, I agree with you. By the time they they realize in the note, oh, by the way, he just said he's going to call that payphone across the street. It's already come and gone. So they're like, God damn it. So what they do is they have the phone company route that particular phone line, not from the from the the, the payphone to their headquarters. So any calls that go to that payphone are actually going to go to the task force headquarters right. and they can monitor it from there. So Moose publicly requests that the killers contact them again saying, we missed our opportunity to speak with you for the first time. Within 24 hours, they get a hit, and they can trace the call to the payphone, to a payphone that's calling them. So the cops storm the payphone, and they arrest two guys there. Boom. We're done. I remember. They've been caught. It was like, we think we have the suspects. I will never, ever, ever under understand this. We they we, we caught them. We caught, yep. Why do they want to say? Why would you, you do it so quickly? It's not until you know for sure. We've made some arrests. We're trying to figure it out. Yeah. As soon as we know, you'll know. What happened but, is they went to the payphone across the street and tackled these two guys. For all we know, Muhammad and Malvo were, were across watching. the street watching this and being like, oh. shit, we're being watched. Oh. The Alabama thing is starting to unravel. They contact the Alabama cops about that shooting and a magazine that the suspect who had committed the crime and had shot the storekeeper has a single fingerprint on it. And here we go. It was a guns and ammo magazine. And this is Lenny DePaul from the U.S. Marshal Service. The magazine that was dropped was a guns and ammo magazine. And in fact, I think one of the pages was folded over to sniper scopes. So the magazine is shipped to the task force and they run it through the FBI database, which I don't know. I think this is an indication of how high profile all of this is, that they got this fingerprint, but it's just some sort of rinky dink murder in Alabama. We're going to use the full force of the FBI database to well, look for but, it. But not only that, but because, again, this is 2002, so we're getting into modern technology. Yeah. We're getting, at some point, every fingerprint that's ever taken anywhere is it's going getting, to be in a yeah. big database. And, and it's, it's amazing. G- yes. I'm always shocked at how 
they can, because fingerprints are so fine and everything that they can like, he's like, oh, this is from his index finger. He came well, in from Jamaica in 1998 and it's. Well, the- for lack of a better comparison, think of it like a Google, Google image search. Yeah. So the Google image oh, search. I love me a good Google reverse uh, image search. Exactly. So <laughs> you, you, you search an image and it picks spots and it looks for matching spots. Yeah. I don't know anything about fingerprinting. But I, I you know, like, Remember in the nineties, that would have been like witchcraft, and yes, now it's like, eh. yes. it's like, who is that? It's like, let's let's reverse search that. It's like, oh, that's that bimbo from right, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's Lee Boyd Malvo's fingerprint. He was fingerprinted when he entered the country from Jamaica, and this guy John Mohammed ends up being on a lot of his paperwork. So they start looking him up. They find driver's licenses from Washington State and California, and this is William Siracus. He's from the task force with the U.S. Marshals. I called a friend of mine from the California Department of Motor Vehicles and asked that he get Mohammed's picture to me as soon as possible. That was on the night of the 21st when I called him. I had that picture at about 3 a.m. the 22nd. So now we know what Mohammed looks like. Sadly, three days after Hopper is shot, they strike again. We're not done. It's the... October 22nd. Unbelievable. This is the one where I couldn't get out of my house for the entire morning. It's the ride-on bus driver, Conrad Johnson. He was shot at 5.56 a.m. while standing on the steps of Grand Prix Road in Aspen Hill, Aspen Hill Maryland. And that's just, they, they, they were so sick of it. They would do a five-mile radius and shut everything down. Right. Chief Moose does another press conference. This poor guy, and I remember seeing him. It was like every day Moose was on. The radio and, on the TV, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to. Exp- I, I'm always going to have some. I'm always going to have sympathy for law enforcement because they could. Uh, I grew up. My mother was a police dispatcher. I yeah. grew up in a small town. I knew cops. I knew a lot of cops. I a lot of the people I work with now are, are former former cops, former military. They're only working with what they have. Yeah. They can't, and because it, it it's a super double edged sword. Well, we're gonna go do this, and well, you fucked it up because you went and did that. Well, yeah. then we're gonna go do this. Yeah. Well, you can't they, do that. You, you they, can't it win. Is, you cannot win. I I so you know anytime anytime I bitch. I don't really think I've done it that much, but anytime I bitch about the police, I turn around and go, but I'm going to call them. Yeah. So, you Thank know. God for them. Chief Moose released part of the content of one of the shooter's letters in which he declares, your children are not safe anywhere at any time. Sadly, Conrad Johnson died of his injuries. He is the 13th and final victim. They find another note demanding the $10 million. The antagonism between the cops and the media continues. They now see that Mohammed has purchased a car in New Jersey recently, but it's not a white van. It's an old blue Chevy Caprice. And think about it. For this last 20 days? Mm-hmm. White van, white White van, van, white white van, van, white white van. White trucks were getting stopped. I know a bunch of people who were stopped with white vans and white trucks. I know. I mean, literally, I probably. And this isn't a criticism. This was the reality of the moment. Right. They were just close enough to one of the shootings. And they were like, nope, they got out. They went through my vehicle. They asked for my ID. I have have numerous people. Right. Wayne got stopped more than once because he's right in the middle of all this. Oh, big electrician's van. Big white. Yep. 
He got stopped constantly. So we learned that Mohammed and Malvo were actually stopped several times as they were fleeing these the crime scenes, and and the cops had no idea. Okay, because so think about it. They're looking for a white guy. They're looking for a van. Mm-hmm. So now here's two black guys in, in a, a blue big Chevy Caprice fo- from New Jersey. A, a big old four-door sedan. Mm-hmm. Now the cops realize that the white van is a white elephant. Uh, they get a tip from Washington State. It's Robert Holmes, and he's Muhammad's former best friend. He came down one day, and he had Lee with him. And uh, he introduced Lee to me. He said Lee was a sniper. He's a sniper. Sniper, you doing, man? I mean, it was like he said it, and you know, you could have taken it as a joke or whatever. It's a super weird moment when Mohammed brings Malvo over to meet Holmes. He introduces Malvo, introduces Malvo as he's a sniper, which I think is super odd. See, that's why I thought Malvo was also in the military. At some he was, and he was 17 at the time. He's from Jamaica. Well. Nope. No, he wasn't. Yeah, but I don't, you know, this is not information, you know. Uh, I thought, who knew? You know, you know. So, Muhammad met Lee when he was dating his mom in Jamaica and sponsored both of them when they emigrated. We learn by the time all this shit's going down, Muhammad has had several failed businesses, failed marriages, and his worldview is fueled by anger and paranoia. Course. So one day, Mohammed tells Holmes he's heading to D.C. to settle a score with his ex-wife Mildred. Now that that isn't you didn't know you didn't know any of no, this. No, 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 no. Is Mildred the mother of? No, Mildred's just an ex-girlfriend an ex-wife. of Mohammed. Okay, okay, okay. Lee Malvo's Malvo's uh, mom is out of the picture. Okay, completely out of the picture. So he knows she's in the D.C. area. He's just going to come over here and find out where she is. Now, imagine if someone said that to you. A friend of mine, if I heard this kind of stuff, I'd be I'm like, going to go and find this person. I got to settle. What the hell are you What talk- does that mean? Yeah. What are you talking are about? Are you going to? So when the sniper killings start, Holmes was suspicious. The reason I called is there were people getting killed. Me and John, were, we were as close to being brothers without having the blood, Okay. So if it had been my blood brother doing that, and I thought it was him, I would still have to make the call. Yeah, okay, you're. Uh, it's not a matter of giving him the benefit of the doubt. Who would go to that? Who would well, yeah, think? Who of would that? jump from that to that? Exactly. Being, you, you, you have to get Holmes. Be like Holmes. I get it. You didn't really. Who does this? And of course, right? the other thing is, is yes, it was nationwide news. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted to know about it. But Washington State, they weren't living it. No. Like like the no, people not in like DC the, especially were. like the East Coast. So and- they're so they're hearing it at noon and at six and at eleven and uh, you know you know they're they're not getting it where you're everybody's scared to go out of, get out of your car right. So now they're not sure what to do with all the information they have. Do they release it and the bad guys run? Be like we think it's this guy Muhammad and and this Malvo. They they're confused. The investigators, the cops, the task force, what do we do with all of this? We've got this nascent information about who we think it is, but this could fuck things up. Do we release it or don't exactly. we? Exactly. They have a car. They have a license plate. They have names. We know this. So do we tell the people who are doing it that we know this? And then they're, they're gone. They Oof. disappear Oof. and they... They start this shit up again in Los Angeles. And you know there's, you know, think about it. The government quagmire, the 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 meetings. So what do we do? Do you think we, well, I'm the director of so-and-so and I say oh, no. The, well, I'm the county coroner. Oh, and blah, 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 all blah. of the male I'm, egos oh, you got to oh, manage. Oh, I can't even imagine. I can't even, I can't even, I can't even. So the investigators have shown the tree, Holmes shows them the tree in Washington State where they were, that they were using for target practice. They dig out some of the slugs and they match the bullets 
to the bullets the sniper has been firing in D.C. So think so, about that. So now they're like, we know this, this is, is Muhammad's gone. Even as they're doing this, the media shows up at Holmes' driveway while the FBI is there trying to be like, believe- I don't get the media do it. I don't understand the safety of that. The peril they're caught. I don't understand that. I yeah. do not understand that. I don't either. We're back with Steve Eldridge from WTOP, and he is the one who leaked the information that it's a Chevy Caprice and the license plate number is this from New Jersey, and the cops didn't want any of this. So I'm curious about I'm curious about this. But his word came out through one of the network media outlets that the police were looking for a Chevy Caprice and they had the tag number. Um, the decision was made by the, the, the editor at our radio station to use that information and to repeat that information rather frequently. WTOP, how dare you? So, so I'm curious. I am curious to know. I don't, I don't think it was explained. Did he, so the cops were looking for, there was, I'm, I'm assuming they wanted a, to quietly start looking for this. So and then, did the cops, I'm, I'm curious to know if there was an APB put out on the car and the tags and stuff and it got leaked from, cause you know, a cop probably sold it to the, to the, that's what it was. Yeah. It was leaked. WTOP is like, by the way, this is what it is. But ultimately, you know, the the media were the problem, then they were the saviors. So Eldridge doing that, it worked. Because six hours later, Whitney Donahue, who had been searched multiple times because he's driving a white work van, (laughs) pulls into the now famous rest stop, and it's called the Sniper's Rest Stop, by the way. Oh, no. On I-70 west of Frederick. Yeah, that's the nickname for it. Have you ever been? I I was unaware. Yeah, no, it's called the sni- it's called sniper stop or something. There's Oof. a there's a weird. He sees the car. Whitney Donahue had been following this case extremely closely because he drove a white van and got pulled over a number of times just as a citizen driving a white van, um, which you can imagine was very frustrating for him. Earlier, he had heard radio reports disseminating information about the Caprice. He wrote down the license plate NDA two one Z. Donahue finds himself just a few feet away from the most wanted men in America. So he's been repeatedly stopped. He calls 911, but he can't get through. 911 is just a, it's just a constant bu- busy signal at this point. And he eventually reaches the cops and they spring into action. Three different SWAT teams from Montgomery County, Maryland State Police and the FBI were were teaming up. So they're prepared for anything, a gun battle, an ambush. They're, they're like, are they waiting in the woods to shoot us? You know, are they going to suicide bomb? You know what I mean? They, they have no idea what's going to happen, but they're just passed out. So and I have so many questions. I have so many Could questions. Could you sleep if you were in that situation? Well, you, know, you might be able to. Listen, I <laughs> no, as nuts as I am, I don't think I could. But um, I can't imagine the confidence of these two guys. Arrogance. Arrogance. Yeah. Thank you. The arrogance of this guy. So, you know, they're driving up and down, you know, the, 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 the mid Atlantic or whatever. They're driving all over the area and they've got the jumbo coconut balls to just pull into a rest stop and fall asleep and fall asleep. Thankfully, they hadn't, they hadn't heard that they had been made, that their, their blue Chevy Caprice and the New Jersey plates were out. They, there's no way. There's no way they would have parked in the middle of the woods. They wouldn't have done that. Really true. So, but it was a gamble, you know, WTOP and it paid off. But next time, <laughs> watch it. An ATF guy shows up with a search 
warrant and they search the car. They find the rifle and they find the weird way that they rigged the trunk. Which was terrifying. Terrifying and ingenious. You can notice above the license plate area, there's a small hole cut into the uh, frame of the vehicle itself. The snipers could actually lift up the back portion of the rear seat and crawl into the trunk area. And with the trunk open just a little bit, they're able to cite their victims. So now the task force is wrapping things up. The fact that this task force was able to come together and bring this case to closure in three weeks is very commendable. Now, I remember after they were caught, Maryland and Virginia started arguing who's going to get to try them first. And Virginia had this new anti-terrorism law that Maryland didn't have yet that was going to carry a much more severe penalty and likelihood of the death penalty. Now, see, it was funny because when this came up, I was like, I didn't realize I lived in a capital punishment state. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you did. Oh, you can get killed here? I didn't know that. (laughs) You can. And Maryland, I don't think you can in Maryland. So Maryland was like, all right, you get to do it. But see, but the other thing with that is, is me being me, I, if I, okay, you're Maryland and I'm Virginia. Mm-hmm. Well, the other way around. You're Virginia and I'm Maryland. I'm a little bit country. I'm Maryland. <laughs> I'm Maryland and we, they were captured in my state. His first crimes were committed here. He was captured but here. But Virginia is like, give him to us. We can do this. We can do We've this. We've got these new terrorism and if laws. if I was Maryland, I'd be like, take it. Yeah, and that's what happened. Because he's going to get the death penalty. He will be killed if he's in Maryland. So they let him go. And, um, of course, Malvo immediately drops, uh, turns code on him or whatever and testifies against him to avoid the death penalty. Malvo gets a bunch of life sentences. Mohammed gets the death sentence. I don't remember this bit. Mohammed was eventually going to shoot his wife. That was the point of the whole thing. So she would look like one of the, not only was he going to get the $10 million, extort $10 million that from, he thought he was going to get from yeah. the county he was of Maryland, get rid of his, ex- his county. ex-wife. But at one point, Mildred would have, would have been one of the random victims. But um, they yeah. held the they held the trials down in Virginia Beach and Chesapeake because they wanted to avoid like local bias. Right. But I don't see how that would have helped. I other than I don't think it would they were have hoping that the in the witness pool nobody would have had any kind of personal connection. I didn't get to do enough research on this that I wanted to, especially about the mental uh, health state status of these two. Did you see anything about their? No, mental there's health? no. There were no real mental health issues. Malvo or, or Muhammad just was a bitter failure of a man who let his, uh, well, you hear it from Holmes, he just let his anger and resentment metastasize into, you know, homicide. Okay. Malvo was just a victim. He was he looked up to Muhammad as a father figure, and he was just sort of but, manipulated into doing this. And his um, life sentence, he had life sentences. I don't know. I feel like that he might have the possibility of parole at this point. I was under the, again, I didn't do the research. I should have. Uh, I was under the misconception, possibly, that there was uh, some sort of, relationship between the two was that ever proven or disproven no no no, no. i never heard any of that like, you, you did sexual sexual relationship yes no i never heard any of that oh see that's that was a whole nother part of was it was it that's what i thought that's what i was saying i didn't get a chance because i was looking up trying to find well, why don't we stop okay it? yeah pause that yeah yeah, yeah. I- okay so apparently malvo claimed that muhammad had sexually molested him and that they had sex after the killings but that's all kind of one-sided so i'm, because, I'm yeah we don't have anything to, I, this is from the news. This is from a uh, another document news source yeah. for the Daily Mail of uh, May of 2021. 20, yeah, I, I could see. I, I mean, 
Because Kevin, when I brought this up, Kevin was like, I, I don't never remember that at all. Any of that. And I remember, that's for the part I remembered. It, it was, he was an abused child. I knew he was abused, but I, I didn't and, know. Well, that, sexually that, abused. Yeah. Okay. And that, that Muhammad held this power over him because Malva was blaming Muhammad for everything. Blame, don't blame. He right. said, you know. It's, he it's, was clearly a, a, he was a He did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Muhammad was executed by lethal injection at the Greensville Correctional Center in Jarrett, Virginia on November 10th. 2009. Good. And Malvo. He has the life without parole. Without ever getting a chance for parole. And um, it's and it's just. But that was that was three weeks and it was it was 20 years ago this week. And I honestly when that it came to an end when you said hey you know look up information on cyber you know in my mind I thought oh that went on forever that was like months. It felt like forever it was less than a month it was 20 days. It was yeah but it was you know three weeks of absolute terror. You would get home from work in the evening and you'd just be like oh thank god I'm home. I'm home and you'd Turn on WTOP. Anybody? Yeah. Oh, yep. Somebody uh, yep, down there. there. Is, oh, sir. yep. Somebody well, in Rockville. My my whole thing during the whole my concerns during the whole not that you want anything to happen to anybody, but it, did anyone I know was is anybody yeah, I know? Is anybody me too. I know? I, there were a couple of times when I was like, "Has anybody heard from Joe? Where's Ro- Roger? No, right, my sister. Right. My, I I can't reach Roger. You know, because Roger I'm terrified. It, it was, but um, wow. Anyway, so I know a lot of our listeners live in the area and lived through it. So hopefully this you enjoyed a, this. Yeah. It was interesting and not just terrifying and and triggering but yeah but you um, know and folks overseas or our listeners in other parts of the world you don't know what it was like it It was it was was a weird scary time i can only imagine what it's like to live in a true boogeyman but live in a true war zone i can't imagine that oh my god i can't imagine that's what this must be like every day and so at this stage of the world you know, when we keep hearing about these random shootings. Like Ukraine. This might, uh, this is, this is one tenth of what it's like I, to live in Kiev right now. I, I cannot wrap my brain around it. I yeah. cannot wrap my brain around it. Yeah. In the current status of the, of the country, when you hear, oh, there was a shooting, it's almost reached blase status. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. What anyway, what are we having for lunch? Yeah. What was the, what was the ongoing joke in your office during all of this? Oh, I, <laughs> I made it in. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. And all oh, the other one was, this is, this is horrible. This is actually horrible. Hey, will you go fill up my car? Yeah. You know, like you just be like, mm. yeah. I'm I'm a little low. My here's my keys. Yeah, here, here. But that's yeah. how scary it was to go to a gas it station because everybody was getting shot at gas stations. Uh. And I, yep, yeah, and I remember that. We'll we'll pump your gas for you and the blue tarps and me just yeah, and the, it in. these blue tarps. Like the size of sails. Like you see them now on, on roofs. Yeah. Like when people's yep. houses yeah, have, have hurricanes and stuff. And have, That's going to save me from this high powered rifle bullet. And but would, if he can't see you, he can't shoot you. I understand the, the thought process behind it, but come on. Yeah. It's just a tarp. Yep. Anyway, that's, that's, that's know, a great oh, one. Was, oh, we put my guests for me. I think I cracked that joke a few times. What? Yeah, we put my jack. Yeah. Hey, Joe. Cool. Yeah. My car's right over there. You, be, a, yeah. be a doll oh, and just we, fill, yeah, top it off. It? Yeah. <laughs> it was horrible. It was horrible. Anyway, yeah. thanks for um Thanks, thanks a lot, for people. I, um, it was a very interesting time. It was tell a, your loved ones yeah, you love them. Yes, exactly. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Or Warbase. That someday the ass will be. The girl can't have it. She's in love with me. Can't help it. The girl can't help it.